We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Sam, listeners, Lightyear's podcast, do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Wow, that's amazing. That way you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open up a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment and made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Lightyear's podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet online, the fastest, easiest, and safest way to bet on all things sports. With March Madness, the Masters, and Major League Opening Day all the right around the corner, Bet Online has all the latest news, scores, and odds to help you win big. The best part, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. So if you deposit $100, $50. Head over to betonline.ag and use our promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your literal free money. Plus, signing up is a great way to support the podcast that you're listening to in your ears right now uh, from me and Sam. Again, that's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, when you sign up at betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Sam, did you bet on uh, Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder? You know what? I did not. Um, And I kind of regret that because I was in Tahoe and I was in the casino. I got to watch it there. Anyway, Yeah, yeah. Came out kind of even, a little disappointing. At one point, I was up a few hundred, and I was, I was really starting to plan out like what I was gonna do when I got up ten, fifty, hundred grand. Yeah, you know how it goes when you like win a few hands of cards, and you're like, I could be a professional poker player, like like you know, like good old Antonio. Um, and, and like, do you ever like? Do you know the feeling though? You don't really gamble. You know, I I I. I bet I used uh, a bet online kind of thing when I was younger, I guess in college. Uh, I came close to losing a lot of money. And so f- since then, I have uh, I've stopped uh, gambling. Uh, by the way, Sam's being humble. He was telling us, uh, Sheet and I, we have a group chat. He was telling us he was betting hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> so, so that's what he say. He's saying a couple hundred just to, just to make you guys feel better. Uh, you know, but these are, but these know. are lies. Um, 
come on, man. Uh, <laughs> anyway, oh, I wish I wish I did bet it. I have been betting some NBA games though. Um, I don't. I'm still not in a place where I'm like betting real money. Like it's like a lot of like twenty twenty dollar bets. Uh, but it is kind of fun to be able to bet games, especially when you realize you you can you can win some, you can win some good money. I I still do bet uh, the big games though, like uh, playoff games, uh, Super Bowl, obviously. Football's uh, football's the easiest to bet. It's yeah, just it's, just, it's, it's fun because there's too much randomness in the NBA that you you can't get upset over one game. You you really have to like bet like I don't know fifteen a week. <laughs> And acknowledge yeah. the fact that in a good week you will lose five to six anyway. Like you know, with the NFL, you can like parlay two to three games, and it's not. Um, it, it, every game feels like a playoff game. It's. Uh, I got a couple buddies, by the way. Uh, I was hooping with them this week. I, I got them on Bet Online. Uh, they are betting on uh, college basketball, and I'm not talking like Duke college basketball. These these degenerates are. You have friends that are the same degenerates are betting on like Townsend uh, and just oh. like random Hawaii, you know, games on like 11 p.m. Saturday. Hawaii, Hawaii, by the way, is the most notoriously bet game because they have the last start time in the nation. Scumbag. It's like, it's known as the uh, is it gambler chasing it where it's like, ah, oh, fuck, I lost a lot of money. <laughs> Hawaii starts in 30 minutes. No other games the rest of the night. I'm about to put it all, put it all on Hawaii. That's, so that's like a legit. Why, huh? That's like a legit thing. People chase the Hawaii game because it starts at like if it's seven o'clock local tip, it's like uh-huh. nine ten p.m. out here. Just think about that. I would love. To, I would love to just live in Hawaii. We'll we'll, 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 uh, we'll end our gambling segment there. Just just live in Hawaii. I think that's the way to go. I think that's what people should be doing. I will not be betting Warrior games until a certain man returns <laughs> tentatively this Sunday, March 1st. By the way, is knowing that Steph's only two games away make these games just brutal watches? Like, you're, you're watching, like, literally no one out there. Like, Draymond's on vacation at the Tyson Fury, <laughs> you know, Deontay Wilder fight. And... And you know, like, okay, just two more of these, and then Steph returns. Uh, I was very excited to watch the uh, Pelicans game. I mean, part of it's kind of Zion as well. Uh, I mean, I, I wasn't excited enough to go live and watch the game, uh, but uh, it was exciting. And then, and then kind of midway through the game, you're like, oh, shit, I'm watching the Warriors again. I'm watching the 2020 Warriors again. This is this is disgusting. This is why I didn't want um, them to rush a D'Lo trade, because... While I've liked what I've seen from Wiggins, and I think you and I both agree, in theory, he's a better fit around the core three. Um, and there's a little more upside there, particularly around Steph, Clay, and Draymond. If there's no Steph, I mean, they, the they, just, don't have a, they just don't have a ball handler. What's the it's point? like it's really hard to watch a team where you do, it's not that they don't have a starting caliber NBA point guard. It's like Jordan Poole and Kai Bowman are kind of two-way contract level players you know like they have they don't have anyone who's even a competent ball handler it just makes it a really tough watch it's 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 rough 
Um, it is rough. And, and they play hard and they play together. And like, actually, honestly, it's admirable that Kerr has them playing as hard as they do. But it's like, at a certain point, talent's talent. <laughs> Uh, I've 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 had enough. the The shine has worn off of Alan Smalagic running into. I don't need him on the floor. Whenever Steph's on the floor, by the way, uh, the guy falls down every twenty seconds, and he's gonna fall into Steph's ankles. I don't need that. Uh, his kind of shine has worn off too. Where it's like he plays really hard. He's fun. He's young, and then now it's you're watching him, and you're just like, yeah, just leave this guy in the D League for another three years before. He comes back up. Well, at least when he was getting when he was called up around Christmas, he had a couple positive performances, and it's not like they were um, earth shattering or anything. But it's like he hit a couple threes. He had a um, you know someone closed out hard on him. He he had kind of a line drive dunk, got a bunch of rebounds. Like at least he played with some energy, and you're like, okay, he can hold his own for like three minutes in there before the youth shows. <laughs> um, that move Zion put on him, I'm like, oh. And we both know how um, uh, the Lakobs were really big on Smilagic and talked about him a lot when no other team was going to draft him. So I just really hope he works out because if he doesn't, it's – I mean, everyone busts, but, like, I just don't like the idea that, like, they were so invested in, like, this random project in the G League. It's like what happens when you're. It's just. It's too much light years. It's. It's like when you. It's like you think your own shit is starting to smell a little too good. It never smelled good. So. Yeah, it's it's it. I don't want it to be that. Is basically <laughs> what it comes down to. All right. So moving forward. So Steph, we think he's going to be back Sunday. I mean, all things go, he's going to be back Sunday. Worst case, he's back maybe a game or two after that. So he's going to be back by the time we record next. I, I want to push back on this point, on the Wiggins point with Steph, is that, you know, there is some there is some good that can come out of maybe trading for him a little bit too early. You can say maybe they could have gotten a pick or two, which I agree. Um, but these next 15 to 20 games that Steph plays with Wiggins, it could be important because next year's, I mean, relatively big and maybe you don't want the first 15 to 20 games next year to be that you know between Steph and Wiggins maybe you get that out of the way this season um and then you implement Clay that's that's actually a good point because Clay alone I mean we all just assume the minute Clay's out on the floor he's Clay but he's taking a whole year off it's gonna take a minute to shake off the rust and you don't you don't necessarily need to want to be integrating five players plus dealing with clay coming off a knee. Like if you can knock a couple things out of the way, it's just better, right? Yep. Yep. If I mean if it is really a first round pick that they would have gotten, yeah, they messed that up. But who knows? Right? Who knows? They did it already. Um it, it but but I mean the rough thing is if Steph is if they are going to hold out Steph a lot, that's a problem. I think he should play the majority of the rest of the games. Um, because what are you going to do? Like, have a, they only have four back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. I'm cool with him sitting there. So when he comes back, there's 22 games left. I'm cool with him sitting four back-to-backs. Yeah. Play 18 of the 22. Don't extend him. Let him play about 30 minutes. You know, we don't need Steph going 38 to 40. Um, if they do that, I'll, I'll be thrilled. Yeah. Um, what, they'll probably go like 10 and 8, maybe? 9 and 9 in those? Just, just Have you looked at the schedule? They're going uh, 6 They're going six, six and 12. <laughs> so um, I mean, I, I'm just looking at the roster. 
Obviously, Steph's going to change everything and make him competitive, but Steph being on the floor will also get all the opponents to try, which is something they haven't dealt with in a couple months. The, the Pelicans, by the way, you watched that game, uh, was it yesterday? Yeah, you watched that game yesterday, and the Pelicans dicked off in the first half, and then just you I mean, they see should. the third quarter. It was. Whew. They knew they could put the game away in five minutes. It's what the Warriors used to do to a ton of teams. Um, and I don't blame them. Like, you look at the opposing starting lineup, you see Jordan Poole, Damian Lee, Wiggins. I mean, at least Wiggins is an NBA player. Um, Eric Paschal. Who started? Looney? Was yeah. Looney at center? Yeah. Looney, who's shooting 30% on the season. Um, it's not the recipe that gets NBA players excited to go. So, I mean, Steph will bring a little more out of other teams. Like, there's a lot of guys who just want to kind of get Steph back, so to say. <laughs> um, but with that said, even with him back, I mean, you still are going to have Damian Lee or Jordan Poole next to him. You still have Wiggins with no backup. Pascal's going to play the three, I guess. I don't yeah, know. It's, it's like not a, uh... Juan, Juan Toscano-Anderson actually looks a little promising as like developing into a role player, but like, I mean, he's on a what, two-way? Yeah. Um, it is funny too. You can already tell, like, man, I kind of would rather have him than Alfonso McKinney. I would rather have a lot of people than Alfonso McKinney, and maybe that's just because I'm watching a small sample of these players. You know, it's like Alfonso McKinney on a small sample; he looks great. You play him a little more, and you're like, yeah, I'm good. Uh, so that's the beauty of uh, having guys shuttled in and out. All I need is a couple minutes, Dragon Bender, to talk myself into it. But do not give me 20 games like a Dragon Bender at 20 minutes a night because I will lose it. Uh, but you know, it's fun to see these guys play a few minutes. Uh, that are new it's like refreshing yeah i mean i i do like this strategy they're essentially picking every guy who busted and ha- but, but like you see the talent with dragon bender like he can do certain things he clearly wasn't worth the fourth overall pick uh but he's only 22 and you know why not sometimes guys take weird paths to find a way to be productive and they're playing they have 22 games 24 games to experiment why not maybe you find one player if they find one player this way worth it yeah you could probably say marquise chris is is same same concept right there yeah bender bender's slow as hell that's the only problem uh he's just he's just too slow it's like uh, right if he if he hits 40 percent on threes yeah which he can still only play about 12 minutes a night because he's too slow yeah, I guess the upside. I guess the, the, I mean, it, the peak it's still value nice here to, is it's still nice to have that off the bench. But yeah, Brook Lopez, I guess, is you you hope that he. But Brook Lopez can play defense. I mean, he's got limitations, but like you can competently. Let's put it this way: Brook Lopez starts on the best defensive team in the league the last two years. Dragon Bender, <laughs> probably probably not capable of that. Uh, but I mean, same size. It's not like Brook Lopez is quick. So I mean, a lot of that is maybe same concept. He IQ. He'll, he'll just shoot that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, Brooke Lopez can do just enough on defense to play in a high-end rotation. Um, so, you know, we'll see. There's, a, there's our Dragon Bender recap. But um, I think with Steph's return, the other thing, too, is uh, it, it's good to kind of get him back in rhythm. Uh, there, were, there was video of him talking this week about nerve damage in his left hand, about how a lot of it is going to be him trying to figure out how to play again with his left hand, which is kind of concerning. Um, it doesn't seem like that. 
It, un it doesn't seem like it's going to hinder him, I guess, from moving around physically uh, with that left hand, but maybe just kind of understanding how to play with it mentally uh, is an issue, which is kind of crazy. Like, what the fuck happened to his hand? I mean, uh, last year he was playing with a splint on his shooting hand, so uh -huh. and he, he was pretty good in the playoffs, so I'm not too concerned about it. I think he's just saying for like three months he wasn't dribbling with his left hand, so it's weird. Hmm. We'll see. Hope it'll be a shake off the rust. I think we'll get a couple vintage Steph performances before the end of the year, but like I wouldn't exactly expect MVP Steph for 15 games or something. You <laughs> it know? has been a while. It has been a while where you're like, man, the uh, the NBA has had a lot of of players that hasn't played this season, which is which is why, why the ratings are down. Steph's it, out. I mean, Steph. Yeah, Steph Clay. I mean, Ky we saw Kyrie at Kobe's kind of. Uh, Memorial today. He just KD hasn't played. KD hasn't played. All that's that's a lot of players that are just sitting around. Player players who make you stop the remote. You're like, oh, Kyrie hit two shots. Okay, I'm gonna watch this because I'm entertained. Right? You're not you're not stopping the remote because Kai Bowman hit two shots. <laughs> by by the way, I texted you yesterday. Uh, I think I'm out on Kai Bowman. Uh, I think I'm in on Jordan Poole. Uh, in on Pascal. Uh, out on Damian Lee, uh, in on Dragon Bender, and there's your uh, in on Toscano. Uh, so there's your, Juan Toscano there's your, Anderson. There's your Andy Lou scouting report. Yeah, um, I, I don't know, man. Kyrie Kai Bowman is too Kai Bowman. Kai Bowman is too small. Uh, and then Damian Lee, I don't. Really I like know Kai Bowman. I don't know that Kai Bowman will be an NBA player for a few years, but I feel pretty confident he's going to find a role in the league. He's. I'm. I'm trying to. He, trying to think of a good comp for him um he's just he's just fearless is really like he he absolutely thinks he's as good as russell westbrook like he goes at russ in a way that you're like oh you're an undrafted rookie you know so i think he'll figure out a role in the league i don't know that he has a role in the warriors next year though um uh you're i think you're, then just, that, that, you're just talking about patrick beverly <laughs> in, in yeah way. basically it's kind of the same concept honestly it's like the irrational confidence um, yep. where you're like, this guy's half the battle when you're an undrafted guy is like having the confidence to go at everyone. Yeah. So, yeah. and he can do some things. He's an okay shooter. He's a very good athlete. Like he can get up. Yep. Um, and he defends hard. He like, he does do the Beverly thing. Not nearly as good, of course, but like where he's just a pest who gets under you. Like you don't see too many guys do that in the NBA. That's a very big, like college high school pickup thing. <laughs> he does that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I, my whole thing is I, I just started by the way, the last couple weeks since I've gone uh, back on from vacation, just getting into uh getting into draft stuff. And the more I really think about it, the more I'm like, you make this point that, that I think is very true. If you're going to, a point guard, if you're a pest, if you're confident, athletic, even though you're a little bit undersized, I think that's okay because you can defend ones. Right. But other than that, like unless you're a really, really good point guard, like even Trey Young is like a great scorer, but it's like, can you really win with him as one? Steph Curry, yes. But other than that, it's like in a draft, I don't really care for the undersized point guard. Most point guards are undersized, so give me that wing. That's well, I will bigger. say most of the point guards in this draft are not undersized. That doesn't mean they have the ability to switch on to threes. Exactly. exactly. But That's like, my point. Like a Killian Hayes or a um, 
Well, actually, Cole Anthony is really the only undersized guy. He's small, right? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not. I'm. I'm kind of out on him. I am. I can see why people like him, but it feels a little too Austin Rivers ish for me. Where it's like, okay, this guy just he he got by in high school, but once he goes against better competition, all you know, yeah. when he's not the most physically talented guy, it's gonna look really bad. But like, yeah, Hayes, um, Lamelo Ball, yeah. uh, Anthony Edward. Anthony Edwards is more of a two. Yeah. Um, Lamelo Ball is probably my least favorite prospect in the. Who are some of the other ones? Um, yeah, but some of the other ones are kind of outside of the top five, which is kind of, I think at this point the Warriors are going to be. I still, easy. I still think that I still think the top five is fluid. Like I will not be surprised if someone who's who the mocks currently have at like fifteen. Yeah, but they just ends up down, in the you know. No, but I'm I'm, I'm what I'm oh, saying. Oh, they'll jump. You'll jump. I, by by May, people will be like their top five pick because it's not like anyone in the top five has made. Yeah, it. like there's no Zion. Right. Right, there's not even a Trey Young where you're like, okay, <laughs> right. I have a question. How, but like objectively, he's a top five player. I'm watching Jason Tatum versus LeBron this weekend, and I'm like, there's not even a Jason Tatum. Where you, Dude, Tatum's a top ten player. What in the NBA? Oh, he's top ten on me on my list in the NBA. Yes, I'm what taking the, him over Westbrook. The, I'm taking him over Harden. In the, uh, yeah. I'm I'm I'm, I'm gonna all, I'm gonna finish my point first. But uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm drinking a little Kool-Aid. He's not top ten, but I he might be top ten of the list of players I would want. Uh, maybe start a is, franchise with, I which think, is a maybe. different list. Yeah, that is true. Because I mean, I'm taking James Harden over Jason Tatum, but like, yeah, players you would want. Yeah, maybe he, he's right there. But I think even you think you remember Jason Tatum as a prospect. It was like he was drafted third, but he wasn't. He wasn't projected to be the third pick. I think he, maybe he was in like the top five. He was in the top. He was in the top five, six. But like he wasn't. Ex- yeah, know, yeah. If if that Jason Tatum though was in this draft, right? And you probably take him first. I would. And by the way, Tatum is an example of if the Warriors keep the pick, what they're hoping for in the sense of, okay, he was talented coming out of college, right? But he wasn't a for sure thing. Like, if Tatum gets drafted by the Knicks, do you think he's this good? Oh, yeah, you're right. 100%. But he goes to a good organization with culture, with coaching. And instead of turning into a guy who's like an ISO chucker from 18 feet, he still does enough. He does a lot of that <laughs> anyway. But he's he's kind of become the bet. Like, he's a really good defender. He can shoot from three. He's becoming a better playmaker. They brought the best out of him, and that's kind of what the Warriors are hoping for. This isn't a draft where you're going to get an impact guy, but like Correct. if you draft Anthony Edwards, for example, who's – I don't want to say the same as Tatum, but kind of like one of those guys where you're like, okay, you see the physical tools and you see you know, flashes of it, but you see a lot of bad chucking and like a lot of bad habits – where you're like, if he goes to the right team, maybe he gets over that and becomes like a really good player in three years. But if he goes in the wrong team, he's going to turn into, I can't even think of an example, but like he's going to turn to Wiggins, right? He's going to yeah, turn into yeah, someone yeah. like that where he like just leans into every one of his bad habits. Yeah, I, uh, I'm out on Anthony Edwards as well. Um, I guess I'm just out on I just every felt like player he was, that's I, in the I top think he just four. felt like the most obvious example of the point I was yeah. trying to make. No, you're right though. You're right. I think this draft, this specific draft, is the we're not gonna, we're going to actually get into to, uh, free agents today. Uh, but just this couple quick points is I do think this draft is 
going to tell us a lot about the Warriors. I think we know the culture is great. I mean, Glenn Robinson, all those guys, they love it. But I think it's going to tell us about the developmental staff because with Glenn Robinson, a couple of those guys, Alec Burks, those guys, like, hey, they are who they are kind of at this point. Even Well, Bender, I do think they right? I do think they got the best out of Like, Glenn Robinson the third played his best ball under the Warriors. Mm-hmm. And Alec Burks kind of re-energized, rejuvenated his career. But or it's even what became good, too. But it's first. different taking a 26-year-old mm-hmm. and kind of helping them figure out their way and molding a 19-year-old. That's, Those are two different things. That in, And that's We the know one. they can do the latter. We know they can take, like, Evan Turner, for example, who's why, like... Why? Oh my God. But you know what I'm saying. Could you not see Kerr turning Evan Turner into a useful... Evan Turner loves Seventh to shoot mid- mid-range shots. And, and that, Kerr loves the mid-range shot. Oh, my God. I'm just saying, can you not see that being the type of guy who the Warriors pick up for a vet minimum and he looks good because Kerr knows exactly how to coach those vets who may be a little flawed, but like if you put them in certain spots, they can be really useful. I've had a good week here. Just I've been enjoying you know, life, work. New Sean Livingston. Fucking bring up Evan Turner um, of all people. <laughs> Uh, unreal, unreal. I think, yeah, uh, I, I think. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I the Warriors. Uh, we'll see how they develop, guys. You're right. I don't. It, it this draft is gonna tell us a lot, and we won't even know till like 2023. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, like let's say and they we, do. And draft we have nothing. That, we have nothing yeah. to go off of because yeah. if we're honest, Kerr took over in 2014. Clay was going into year four, so it's not like he got a rookie Clay. And Harrison Barnes was in year three, but while Harrison Barnes is useful for him, I think we can all admit there there's only so much Harrison Barnes can do. Like they <laughs> probably got college. The, they probably got the most out of him, yeah. but but it's not like there was some extra level that you know Kirk couldn't unlock. Wiggins is kind of like the small version of what they're going to try to do in the draft. Like Wiggins still has some potential. Defensively and offensively, what they do with Wiggins is going to tell us a little bit about what they can do with whoever they draft. I will say that. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, I wanted to get into, though, so the Warriors have a lot of tools for making the team better next year. Exciting. Uh, beyond, uh, beyond trades, they, they, have the, um, they have the draft. They'll be in the top five. They have the traded player exception, which we'll talk about another time. But they also have the taxpayer mid-level, and that's uh, you can up to six million. They could split it between a couple players, or they could sign it for one. So I tweeted out a list of kind of free agents. Some of them, like you know, like Gordon Hayward or Demar Derozan, you know, it doesn't. That's not happening, right? Andre Drummond, that's not happening. Anthony Davis, that's not happening. But some of the names on this list are gonna be attainable for the mid-level exception, particularly some of the vets who may have a market, but the market could collapse and they could be looking at, okay, do I take the $6 million deal with the Warriors or do I take $8 million with this, you know, like the Phoenix Suns Let's, or something? And, 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 I want, and that's a point we need to stress is that uh, there's not that much money across the teams in the NBA today. Uh, you look at the trade deadline, a lot of people absorb the money kind of like Memphis, where teams that could have had money that could have spent money, like you saying, like maybe they can offer a guy 10 mil, that's not there anymore. And so you may have players that are saying, well, yeah, we may just be able to 
seven, eight, nine mil with the Phoenix Suns or the Knicks or six mil with the Warriors and try to win a championship may go with the Warriors. So I think that's a very important point to stress here. Yeah, so I, I put this list out, and I guess I want to start with you. Are there any free agents on this list that you think are potentially realistic that jump to your mind? Uh, there are two guys that I love. Um, I guess realistic. Marcus Saul, I don't know how realistic he is. Um, so I, I don't I do know actually, if he's that bad to warrant a $6 million contract. Oh, he's not bad, but it, it is interesting. Toronto has Ibaka and Gasol up. They're definitely not offering them both long-term deals. Mm-hmm. They could technically offer them both one-year or two-year, like, you know, heavy money deals, but they want to be a free agency player in 2021. So they want to keep some flat. Yeah, for Giannis. Um, (laughs) So I just don't think they want to pay two centers, and I think it's more likely they'll keep Ibaka. But honestly, I would take either of them. Um, So I don't know if they're realistic, but to me, if either of them were willing to take the taxpayer mid-level, that's like a home run of all home runs because they're both stretch fours. Um, Ibaka more athletic, a little more of a shooter. Gasol still a good shooter and definitely a better passer. Uh, Both of them are pretty much perfect because Draymond will never shoot the ball again. (laughs) Uh, So those are kind of my like dream guys, right? So that Marcus Hall is a tough one. You look a little lower on the list. Derek Favors is there. um, And and that's kind of their bird rights with him. But that's kind of someone that I would like as well. Maybe not the best fit. Maybe he won't be able to close games. But I think someone that'll get you through a season. Um, Derek Derek Favors, by the way, is what I was hoping Looney would turn into after last year. But um, you know his health hasn't been there. Um, but he is kind of Looney-ish, if you know what I mean. Yep. A little better offensively. Um, maybe not as good. He's pretty good defensively. But it's like it's just that the problem is Favors was drafted like in the top five. So you're like you know. So he's kind of been a disappointment. But he's really good. Like he's a really solid player. Um, and uh, he plays all defense, decent finisher. Dude, he's just he just he is like Looney. Um, it's except he, he just stays on the he court. makes winning plays. Although he also is hurt all the time. So, well, Looney is on a different level. <laughs> you got Tristan Thompson. I don't know if Tristan Thompson will be available for that Bron's money. Not gonna allow, Bron's not going to allow that to happen. Or sorry, Clutch I don't is know, not going to allow that to happen. I don't know that Draymond and Tristan want to play on the same team. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, do you want Tristan and Draymond to play on the same team? I have someone, by the way, I really like, uh, Jeremy Grant. Uh, we've brought this up a few times, I think, on our premium Light Years podcast. Do we think he's going to opt out because he has a $9 million player option? If he opts out, he wants more money. So, I'm not sure. I think he's more of a TP, like uh, the trade yeah, player exception option, yep. than, a, than a mid-level exception option. I guess I'm just speaking it from a I want that guy perspective. Okay. Um, but yeah, if he, if he opts out, he wants more money, but, um, I think that's someone that they try to get. Um, cause you know, they're, I don't know if they use all, like you said, we're going to talk about it another time. I don't think they use all 17 million. Um, I don't think there's anybody they can, they can get, uh, for all 17 million. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, um, I think that's certainly someone I want when I look at this list of players. He's just a perfect fit. He's athletic, uh, energy guy, switchable. Uh, yep. He's, he's a, he's a perfect guy. Uh, I don't know. How about you? What else you got on this list that you like? Those bigs are my number one dream. They're not realistic. I kind of like Nicholas Batum, but I don't think he's opting out of his deal. Um, that's just too much money to give up. 
He might be a guy the Warriors can get the following summer, though. Yeah. Um, Buyout, maybe. Yeah. I, I mean, at some point. Um, what about Jeff Teague? Jeff Teague's definitely not getting $19 million again. Uh... I can't stand Jeff Teague. Um, so he's not his because the way I see it, the Warriors need three vets next year. This is the minimum. They need a veteran center, ideally one who can shoot. They need another wing, and they need a third guard. It doesn't need to be a. It could be a combo guard, but they need like they need the Livingston replacement. They're not going to find a player like Livingston just because he was you know weirdly unique, right? But um. Someone who could be that third guard to play next to Stephen Clay. I think they need those three things. The 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 taxpayer mid levels one avenue to get one of them. Um, and I think looking at this market, that the, the mid level might be the way they get a a big. Honestly, yeah. Um, it's just it's a lot of bigs and not that much money on the market. Like that that's the thing, and like the guard to me is just like, um, it to me it's like a vet, a vet min kind of thing. What, what Probably, you, or it could be the yeah, it could be the draft pick. But you're right; like they can get Evan Turner for the minimum. They can get, um, yeah, we'll live with that. You can make Jeremy Lin come back. <laughs> you can get Delhi, Delhi back. Oh my goodness! Can you um, imagine Delhi on the Warriors? Salesforce. Uh, I mean, they might be able to just one. get Alec Burks. They might just get Alec Burks. It's not like uh, he's. <laughs> Lighting it up in Philly. I mean, we'll see how it goes with Philly, but like you know, he, they might be able to just get Alec Burks. But a, a guy like Alec Burks, honestly, might just be the move for them for the third guard, someone who maybe is off of a bad year, but you know has enough talent. Yeah, I, I see. By the way, I see Kent Bazemore on this uh, on this list as well, who's actually kind of been playing well this season. Uh, he's on the Kings now. Did you know that? I did. Uh, actually, you do know that. You love the Kings. That's your team. Uh, I don't know why I asked that question. Um, that, he's been pretty good, uh, but uh, I, I think he's had a rough. Here's how I would he's had a rough I year think. overall, but yes, he's got better. Kent Bazemore would actually be perfect third guard. We know he knows how to play with the Warriors. Um, you know who he, wants him? He, he just too- Steph. Yeah, Steph's guy. <laughs> All right, what were you saying? Uh, no, I was I was looking at Josh Jackson and giggled to myself. Uh, oh god! Because we're going because, for the <laughs> I saw a uh, I saw a rumor for Ricky Rubio uh, with the trade exception, and I'm just thinking, you know, the Warriors are trying to win a championship. They're not actually trying to be the Phoenix Suns. There's no need to to bring on every single player that the Suns have ever acquired. I mean, do we need Brandon Rubi- Knight? Rubio's perfect role on a title team is legitimately the third guard, like sixth, seventh man role. And he actually would be perfect for the Warriors because he. Are you all in on Ricky Rubio? I mean, I want. I I hope there's a better use of the trade player exception than Ricky <laughs> Rubio, but he actually would help them. Like you, you agree with me, right? I know I'm with you, and that's although the, and I'm, that, I, I am imagining Rubio Draymond lineups together, and that's just <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> um, that that's the problem is you you say the trade player exception is going to be used to get Ricky Rubio and if I'm going to use that if the Warriors are going to use that and it seems like they will you got to use it on a wing that that's the only way like yeah can you, you imagine use it on a wing. can you imagine Joe Lacob all right I'm giving Rubio 17 million and then and I'm paying, paying 20 yeah. plus million tax for Ricky paying 40 million to, for Ricky Rubio. <laughs> 
Do you think he'll do it? He'll probably do it. He'll probably Hello. do it if. Yeah. Did you hear? Yeah. Did you hear uh, Lakeham on ninety-five-seven the game this morning? You know where we, where we host the uh, Warriors World Radio. Uh, I did not hear it. I did hear kind of what he said though, but I didn't listen to the interview. I heard he was a big Steph fan today. Did he's, I miss something else? No, he's. Uh, I mean, just the energy level. He's by far the biggest Mamba on the team. <laughs> just let everyone know that he beat Steph at golf once. I mean, this is very excited to tell people that. That's right. I did see that. Um, Lake, Lake was in studio too, huh? That's uh, it's kind of interesting. Uh, the Lake uh, the Lake of energy level is unrivaled. <laughs> he's like um, he's like your standard like wacky startup CEO, uh, and he just and you're wondering like, how is he so pumped up all the time? By the when way, he, shout out shout out Kevin Jones with the uh, <laughs> the announcement. Most of you'll see in Axios tomorrow. By the way, when you said shout out Kevin Jones, I thought you were gonna talk about something else in terms of wacky startup CEOs. <laughs> um, but shout out Kevin Jones. Uh, big article coming out uh, tomorrow. Late late up is kind of guys like, how are you so energized at seven a.m. and how are you so energized all the way to like ten p.m. But hey, you know that's where their CEOs. I lo- I like those guys, to be honest with you. Um, you and I both have full-time jobs. It can be a grind. And it's kind of, I kind of get envious of people who can hold that energy level at all times. Like, it, it's a good thing. Objectively, it's a good thing to be that energetic. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's fun. To, it's also fun to make the jokes. There's no way around <laughs> that either, too. So I was, um, and it's, it's like a different level. I was watching parts of, or I was watching clips of parts of Kobe's memorial, uh, R.I.P. Kobe. And uh, most of the speeches were talking about, like, Kobe's kind of passion and dedication to just getting better as a person. And you're watching, like, Michael Jordan say that, and you're like, God damn, Michael Jordan was like, well, he's the best basketball player ever. Like, There's no debate about that, just, no, just to be clear. No debate. You know, hardest working, dedicated, motivated, all that type of stuff. And here he is raving about Kobe. And you're like, these motherfuckers are just on a different level, right? It's like, it's like just a different yeah, level. Yeah, I, th- I think it's legitimately aspirational. I think it's aspirational. I think it's actually, I mean, it's everything with Kobe's tragic, but watching the way people talk about him now, um, it just lets you know that, you know, how hard he worked and just kind of, it is aspirational. It, it's a, yep. It's a good thing. Yep. Um, it makes you uh it, it makes you realize that it, it's makes, like it makes you what, move the morning alarm 30 minutes earlier for tomorrow <laughs> for just the next couple of days yeah <laughs> uh do we want to talk about the rest of the league i think it's exciting we're almost there sam we're almost to the postseason i know the warriors aren't going to make it but we're almost to the postseason so it's like fun, it's fun times ahead here with uh, the ast- the asterisk title we're calling this yes. the asterisk title year with no warriors yes. Yes. didn't beat the warriors doesn't count yeah. couldn't beat the warriors um, so, so I have the most recent Vegas odds. So I'm going to cut it off at six teams. Honestly, I don't even think all six can win the title, but um, I don't think anyone else is realistic after this. You can Ooh. tell me if you disagree. So I have a hot take for this, you by, by the way, but yeah, go ahead. At six, we have the Celtics at six or sorry, the Sixers at 16 to one Celtics, 15 to one Rockets, 14 to one Clippers, three to one. And then the Lakers and Bucks are tied at five to two, so almost so somewhere between two to one to three to one. 
So, all right. Here's who I think's gonna win: the Clippers, because they're, they're screwing around again. Again, they're today. They're actually trying. They beat the crap out of the Grizzlies. Uh, I want the Bucks to win. You know who I would love? Who I just started rooting for, Sam? You're gonna you're gonna hate me. Who the I Rockets. think? Yes. Who I think has a chance here, like a real chance to win this thing. Yeah, the Houston Rockets. I love, love, I just, I love what they They kind of remind me of the um, the We Believe Warriors, but with more talent. Remember when the We Believe Warriors yes. went small ball with, with Al Harrington at center? <laughs> and it just freaked teams out. Like, they didn't know how to handle it. And... I do agree with you. I, I don't know that the Rockets can win it all, but I will bet every dollar I have they will not lose a series in under six games. That No team is going to take them in f- like four or five games. Yep, They're too good. They catch you off guard too much. It's going to take you four games to adjust to the way they want to play, and then it's a question. I kind of think as it's sitting right now – um. Clippers are going to be a 2-3, and so the Rockets are either going to get the Lakers or the Clippers in round two, uh, assuming they take care of business in round one, of course. And I think against both those teams, they're going to freak – it's going to be 2-2 after four games. Oh, it's going to be – it's going to be great. Uh, and 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 I think that's Shout out of- Robert Covington, by the way. Warriors making a big gamble going Wiggins over Covington. Oh, boy. Can we talk about that for a real second? We are going to talk about that. Because Covington is an elite defender. And I don't think people realize how big he is. He's 6'9", 7'2", wingspan. They're using him in a kind of quasi-KD Draymond role in the the, the Warriors small ball lineup from the last few years where he's like rim protecting but also switching everything. Um, He can be really disruptive in that role. And... Honestly, I love the P.J. Tucker-Covington front court. My, my question with them is more like, okay, can those guys play 48 minutes for two and a half months? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got you got JaVale, Dwight, Anthony Davis, LeBron. That's 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 kind of why it's like, well, you can't, can't really beat the Lakers probably. Here's my thing with the, uh, with the Wiggins-Covington thing is even if Covington ends up the more valuable player, he's not the more valuable player in the Warriors system. Because they're just not going to use them the way the Rockets do. And maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's on Steve Kerr. But it's like, what's Covington going to do? He's going to go back door. You know, he knows how to cut. All he knows how to do is stand in the corner and shoot threes. And that's just not what the Warriors do. And so I think that's kind of almost like, yeah, Covington may be better value-wise. but I think you would want Covington if you had a third scorer. So if the Warriors had Draymond. Kevin Durant. Clay. Steph and someone else and Covington just gets to be kind of like, you know, the Iguodala Draymond 2.0 type of guy where he's just kind of spotting up. I mean, those guys didn't really spot up, but like, you know, just kind of a role player on offense and just all out on defense. But the Warriors kind of wanted to gamble on higher upside. So I kind of agree with you. Um, But let's get back. And I kind of agree. And I kind of, I kind of agree with the Warriors too, though. That's, that's the thing. I don't know. I guess you could well, say. It's, I guess you could. You know. It's a massive gamble. If it doesn't work out, it's going to look awful. But do you think the Warriors get that lotto pick though from the Wolves with the attach with Covington? I don't know. I don't think so. I do. That, that's because of the Wiggins contract. Yeah, maybe they do. 
Maybe they you're right. They might they might get a pick with like top ten protection, which is infinitely less valuable. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Yeah. Um. All right, let's get back to this. So, Bucks, Lakers, and are tied for the best odds, and then you got the Clippers. I kind of think that's only because a lot of people like the Lakers and bet them up. I don't actually think the Clippers are the or sorry the Lakers are tangentially better than the Clippers. I do get the Bucks. The Bucks have just been a machine all year. They deserve to be the the favored team. Um, but going into this, the Clippers are a little shaky. They look great tonight, but I'm I'm, I'm legitimately not. I was I was all in on the Clippers being the best team in the league and like it not being a question. Now I'm not sure. And a lot of it has to do with health. Like if Paul George is not healthy, they're not the overwhelming favorite. Yep. Um and he's not healthy. That's the thing. He's not healthy. And he's had three separate injuries this year. So it's one of those things where it's like the shoulder thing you knew he had to, you know, it is what it is. He got surgery. It takes time to come back from that. But then you got the hamstring thing and the knee thing, uh, mostly the hamstring, though. And that's worrisome because those don't go away. And even if he is healthy, it's not like he's a postseason magician out there. But they don't need him to be. They need him to be physically right and an all-NBA defender and a guy who can hit enough shots because Kawhi's the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, they're, they're just a different defensive – I, I don't think any team can handle Kawhi and Paul George fully engaged defensively on the wings. Like, that's just such a game changer on the defensive side of the ball. But now if it's Kawhi, Landry Shamit, and Lou Will or Patrick Beverly, I mean, that's still a good defensive team, but it's not the same defensive team as having Paul George at the shooting yeah. guard. Yeah. I mean, at least he's playing tonight. Um, okay, so... Clippers, I still do believe uh, it's a little too early. I still do believe I, for some reason, if you had a gun to my head, I'd probably pick them to win the championship. Uh, I, I do agree with you. They have the highest ceiling. They're yeah. the. It's just a question if they achieve it. Um, I agree, and maybe they don't have to achieve it to win the championship. I don't. Uh, and, and but it's here, and it leads me to my other point as well. Beyond just, I really like the Rockets. I kind of am sort of rooting for them. We'll see how long that lasts. Can, uh, we, can we talk about one thing with the Rockets? Russell yeah. Westbrook. <sighs> Russell Westbrook is playing out of his mind because there's no one in the paint. And I think it brings up an interesting, like, what's more valuable? What Russ does or the fact that they can space the floor? I feel like this is one of the most interesting things in basketball. Like, I still don't think people give enough credit to spacing. Well, that's why Steph Curry's underrated. Correct. To bring this it is, back. This is, this is basically what I was trying to go for. I was, <laughs> wait, I was, I was teeing you up. <laughs> to, to gotta, no, but you, that, that's a great point, though, because uh, one, I mean, he stopped shooting threes, and the other piece is, is it is wide open without Clint Capello there. And Clint Capello's a good player, but it, it's, it's more valuable to have that open, to have that floor open, especially if you got a guy that can't shoot. And, and I think that's what makes... Stephen really Clay Thompson because you think about the Warriors and they've played lineups with Steph Clay and then and even three Livingston dudes who can't shoot <laughs> three do ex- exactly and like like Iguodala Livingston and Draymond and it's like my God and it, it takes the two greatest shooters of all time to create spacing for those five players uh, and so you're looking at Russell Westbrook and you're like well he needs four shooters around him for him to be effective and 
And it's like, well, yeah, Russ is playing great, but man, it's the perfect situation for him, isn't it? Um, and it's like, man, and it's like for some reason, if Daryl Morey, and you kind of hear rumors and whispers, if Daryl Morey gets fired uh, for whatever reason, it's like, is he not like a top five exec in the NBA? He should be Sign going. Question. Yeah, he should be going somewhere immediately. Um, and so kudos to the to Morey and, and, and the Rockets for kind of figuring out just double and triple down on it. Um, and I think that maybe doubling, tripping down on James Harden being the best player probably isn't isn't the move. But man, they're uh, they've become infinitely more. I don't know by infinitely, but they've been more fun to to watch. I think since uh, doubling down, it's weird. So the, the <laughs> what about the Lakers? I will say this: the Celtics game was an example of how the Lakers might be better in the playoffs. Um, because they're probably the most physically imposing team. And if you're not going to call fouls and they can just hack you all the time, I mean, you can get, you can get away with, you know, Anthony Davis and LeBron just jumping all over your back all the time. Right. Yep. I am, uh, I am begrudgingly, uh, impressed by the Lakers, uh, this season. Uh, just, just their very defense annoyed. is really impressive. There's What's no that? other. Way, their defense is really impressive. I actually did not like the idea of like playing AD at four, and it does have some issues on offense against good teams. But him playing like a free safety defensive role also has some perks to it that you wouldn't get if he was playing the five. Yep, yep. I do think the only problem with the Lakers is that. I think the Clippers are really good matchup for the Lakers. Uh, for I think the Lakers are really good matchup for the Clippers is what I'm trying to say. Um, I think that the Lakers. I think they've got kind of the personnel to beat really any team in the NBA in a seven game series, except for the Clippers. Um, and I think that's just primarily we're talking Kawhi and Paul George. And a lot of the times I'm watching LeBron James just kind of kind of at the end there bully Jalen Brown on that fadeaway and it's like it is a fadeaway but it's also like he didn't he barely even moved them like that was a rhythm fadeaway from LeBron that thing was easy and it's like you don't get that though with guys like Kawhi and Paul George and I think that's kind of the difference and you know and, you know it's you know it's underrated Kawhi loves going at LeBron he takes it like I mean he's kind of stoic and that's kind of the whole Kawhi thing like no one can read his emotion he shows some emotion versus LeBron. Like you can tell, he he thinks he's the best player in the league. He might actually be the best player in the league. Do you have a problem with that statement? No, I do not. I think Giannis is, but yes, yeah, I think you're right. He's the best perimeter player in the league, though. Well, I mean, he's the best. Cl- I mean, I give me the ball with Kawhi at the end of the game than, than Giannis. So yeah, right. With with KD out, he's essentially yes. the best wing in the league now. Yes. Um and. There's value in that because he can check AD. He can also check LeBron, and he can absolutely close any game. Yep, and I think that's that's uh, that. I think that makes the Clippers better than Lakers. To end, to end. Here's okay. So one more. Uh, I know we're near we're near an hour. I got one more with the Bucks for you. Uh, I was watching them uh, over the weekend, and it kind of dawned on me. Uh, let me know your thoughts on this. They do remind me of the 2016 Warriors, where. Uh, I think last season the Warriors won a championship. The Bucks did not, but you can kind of see Giannis come back here with a kind of like, whoa, they don't think I'm that good, even though I won MVP. I'm just gonna blow this league up, and they're like 68 and two right now. And I think it's one of those things where 
they just it doesn't seem like they have any other stars besides Giannis. I think Chris Middleton, sure. Middleton's excellent, but yes, he's not uh Right. Um and then you're like Draymond and Clay, both awesome. Uh and so you've got like a strength and numbers kind of vibe there going as well. Uh and they're just extremely efficient. They're whooping teams. Giannis playing like 30 minutes, kind of like what Steph was can doing. I, can I read you Giannis's numbers? Mm. 30 points, 13.6 rebounds, 5.8 assists, block and a steal in 30.9 minutes. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, if he had to play 36 minutes, he might average 35 and 17 or something. Yeah. I think that's that's kind of the similarity that I get in too because like Steph had that season where he wasn't playing fourth quarters because they were just whooping teams so much. And I think the difference here, I think, is people – kind of maybe thought, well, the Warriors have kind of started to prove themselves after the first championship. I think the Bucks have to prove themselves here because they haven't won anything. And uh, so they have the chance to kind of run through the East and then I think they have an easier road than the West. So they should be ready to go in the NBA Finals to go up against, I would assume, after a seven-game uh, LA series. So I think that's kind of the similarities. I don't know your thoughts, but I, I like that. I like Giannis. They do like have the, the easier path. That is true. I mean... There's a good chance that Houston might end up determining the NBA champion because because one of the LA teams is going to have to play them in round two. And that's so really taxing. Like, just imagine if the Clippers have to play the Rockets, then the Lakers, and then the Bucks. Meanwhile, the Bucks have to play Toronto (laughs) and Philly, you know, something like that. Like, who? who are fine teams I actually really enjoy watching them and everything, but like, Toronto's I just don't sweet. think it's, yeah. I just don't think it's the same level of physical toll that you put on. Yep. Yep. Cause you're talking about Houston where you're really sprinting and, and free flowing and kind of stressed guarding James Harden the whole time. And then you gotta, gotta go play the Lakers or vice versa, right? You play Kawhi and all those guys. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it may be Giannis's year. That's that's the thing. It may be kind of like a cap off of of that Seth season. Let's hope Giannis doesn't get hurt, right? Uh, but I think it's kind of setting up that way uh, because you see the odds, but then also I kind of look at what people tweet about, what I see on TV, and it's like, man, are we really taking the Bucks seriously when they're that good? No, I don't think they are. Yeah, well, we'll get into this. We have the whole playoffs to talk about the actual games and you know denny Adia and uh Ooh, yes <laughs> and yes. Uh, james weissman <laughs> and, and all all our draft stuff you know should we hey should we throw a lottery party yeah i think oh I'm, I'm glad you brought this up yeah that's what we are doing that's what we are gonna do uh we're gonna rent out a spot uh are we gonna I th- are we gonna collab with sheed i think that's the plan we're going to have to see. I need to know how many people are willing to come to San Francisco at 5 p.m. on a Tuesday. That's The real issue is the lottery is at 5.30. Actually, I think it's at 5, but it's you know, it's right there. Not an issue for you if you work in the city. You know, you just leave and you know, you're there. But for our friends who maybe work in the East Bay, the peninsula, you're, you're kind of asking them to leave work a couple hours early. I need to kind of crowdsource and see how many people are willing to do it. If we have enough people who are interested, we will absolutely set this up and get a light years hosted lotto party. Watch the ping pong balls, have some drinks with the people, 
Maybe maybe uh, maybe do a live podcast. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that'd be good. We could do we could do that. We could do. I mean, we could even do a draft one as well. We're also gonna be doing a. So I think that's a great idea. So some kind of new things that are coming down the the pipe here. We're also doing I think a live broadcast at some point. Uh, we'll give you more details on that. Um, not till Steph. Not till Steph's back. Though. That's right. Probably when Steph comes back. But uh, that's coming up soon. Probably this Sunday. So uh, we'll get that one going uh, at some point. But we've got to, uh, as the Warriors become good again, Light Years Podcast will also, will also uh, uh, try a lot harder for you. Uh, we also have premium podcast coming out uh, this week. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, Killian Hayes, uh, I think, for about two hours. Uh, so you can go ahead and download that. And uh, yeah, that's all we got. All right, man. <laughs>